0: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice and Reverend Dan Beckett.
1: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery on Unity FM Radio. I'm Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice.
2: And I'm Reverend Dan Beckett.
1: And together we discuss the ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth and your recovery journey. And so as today's show is an interactive discussion, if you are listening live, you can call in with your comments and questions. The number is 816-251-3555. Again, the number is 816-251-3555. And if you're on Facebook, you can connect with us on our page, Spirit of Recovery, and share your questions, thoughts, and comments there as well. So today's show Murphy's Law seems to be operable in the life of many people with addiction. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And beaten into submission by the school hard knocks, we wonder, do we have to learn everything the hard way? Our lives can be dominated by much confusion and dismay, and we may ask ourselves, why does everything have to happen to me? So I can remember when I first heard about Murphy's Law. I think I was probably in junior high school and it seemed very real to me. you know, that's the age at which we get into sarcasm and other kinds of of uh, twisted humor. And the way my life was going back then, it looked good on the outside, but it felt bad on the inside. I, I thought, okay, that's real. Murphy's Law. My life is not going well, and then everything seems to go wrong. And because it had the word law in it, I thought they were onto something. I thought it was really a truth. And so I heard things that my family would say like, I can't catch a break and nothing ever goes my way and everything always goes wrong. And sometimes it just seems like we get up on the wrong side of the bed every day.
2: Yeah, I can definitely identify with with some of that. And that aspect, that idea that it's a law, uh, you know, I push back on that today as well. I think it's a perspective I think that I could make it so in my life if I chose to, but I know that I can also make it not so in my life. And that is, of course, what I what I choose now. I've had the experience in general in life. And, you know, as I think about times when I've felt a confusion in my life or general dismay or why does everything have to happen to me, um, you know, some of it is related to alcohol. And some of it's not. And some of it, I think, was uh, where I used alcohol as a potential solution, you know, which didn't work out. But I've long felt, uh, you know, historically in my life that the world was moving too fast. And I I felt like I never had enough time to process everything that was happening to me. So that feeling of confusion and, and uh, the dismay at you know it doesn't slow down and it just keeps going and there's yet another thing and i haven't even you know don't even feel like i've been able to make peace with the things that happened the day before yesterday let alone what's happening to me today and so um and i i've all, had always had a strong need for some kind of relief from that um, experience of the pace of life and from the confusion that that created in me. And of course uh, you can probably guess that one of my go-to solutions that became my primary solution was alcohol. And uh, as we say, it works till it doesn't Uh, perhaps that's part of the root of the the extent of the problem is that uh, at least for me, there was a time where it did work. And then of course that changed. But when I think about, Dismay, confusion, you know why me it I think about that pace, that pace of life just being much more than I had the capacity to handle,
1: well, you know for me, um I can remember being so confused because at 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 that age I was. Pretty literal, and when somebody told me something, I believed them, and so I would I would see people I would hear people say one thing, and I would see them doing something else, and uh, as it turns out, that's a fairly common behavior in dysfunctional families because you know we have all these family secrets and everything, and it's you don't tell anybody, no, that you didn't really see that, no, that didn't happen to you, you know, and so there's all this denial and confusion and turmoil around, but this is my experience, but I'm being told it's not real. And so what do I do with that? And and that contributes then to this uh, general discomfort that you're talking about there. Um, and, you know, I remember feeling like I could handle it if I could understand it, but I didn't get it.
2: Yeah, I can. As you share that, I can, I can feel the confusion in that because it literally doesn't make sense. You're being told one thing and you're being told another thing. Or you're seeing something that you know and then being told it's not so. I mean, how how could one be anything other than confused and dismayed uh, with something like that?
1: Well, yeah, and so I think uh, for me, I learned not to trust my own senses. I mm. I learned not to trust what I think I saw, but yet I had this belief system I was anchored in. If I could see it, I could prove it, and if I could prove it, then it was true, and so that tied me up in all of these convoluted ways of justifying things to me to myself in the world and to other people as it turned out but you know I would I would I would studiously work on figuring out a, a way around this confusion I would I would work on planning to get through it I'm I figured I was smart enough I could figure this out that's what the problem was and I would try another tactic um you know if it seemed logical then I would then I would do it. And yet I still was mired in the confusion because none of what I, what I tried might work for a little while, but it
2: didn't stay. Didn't stay a solution. Right. It sounds like those um, strategies that you had didn't really get at um, the problem. And, and so they didn't work. Right. And, and I, I had a similar experience in, uh, I mean, this sounds so silly when I look back on it, or if I say it now, you know, my strategy for dealing with the fact that for me, in my experience, the world moved much too quickly and I could not process everything and I couldn't keep up. And that, the you know, the, the confusion that that created uh, and my solution was drinking. Uh, now, how effective is that going to be in getting things done so that things don't stack up i mean it's in, it's kind of insane of course what it did for me it was it allowed me to feel okay but it did not change anything about being okay and you know with uh if i think back to the era of my life where i was doing a lot of drinking things get left behind you know priorities change and if it's not top 2 then you know what it's probably going to slide off the bottom of the list and so lots of things didn't get done and things got left to the last minute and my awareness is limited because I'm focused on the top two things and, and drinking and that's about it. And so I get surprised by things. It's like, Oh, my license plates are expired. How did that happen? Well, it happened because I'm not paying attention because I am juggling too many things and trying to manage it all by making myself feel better with my, uh, you know, substance abuse, with my addiction with alcohol. And uh, that really didn't work very well.
1: And, you know, there's a lot of other ways that I tried solving my problems as well that didn't work. You know, um, when I could use pills or, or alcohol or what have you to calm that anxious feeling um, about uh, this, all this turmoil that I was having, um, you know, that would, that would solve it for, you know, a little while until the next day and when the the problem was bigger but there were also other things that came up for me because there were times when early in in my career out there I was not uh, I was not in a place where drinking was an option and so I would do other things you know I had to stay busy I had to keep my mind occupied I was anxious and nervous and jittery and my mind was going a million miles an hour and I found that I was always trying to, to look elsewhere for satisfaction. You know, if I couldn't have the drugs or alcohol, it was okay. I'm involved in a relationship or, Oh gee, I'm, I'm obsessing over the newest car, house, computer, whatever, you know, shopping and and things of that nature. But I, my mind was always on edge, always kept me running. And that, that was part of what the solution was by using alcohol was to Calm that edge.
2: Mm-hmm. To get some sense of relief from uh, that, you know, I can feel the, the quick pace as you describe that, the, you know, got to do this, got to have something to do. Um, perhaps uh, life being uncomfortable, we dive into, like you said, the next computer thing or the next work project or the next relationship or whatever. And then uh, running at that speed, I know I needed to come down somehow. You know, emotionally relax, and and that is where the substances came into it. I remember thinking that, um, you know, why why is my life just seem like a series of hassles that I have to deal with? You know, my my whole mo in life became uh, to get to a point where there was nothing that I had to do, nothing on my calendar, uh, no demands on me whatsoever. And that's really not a, a realistic goal I have found. Uh, I do now have a decent balance with that, so i can I can create a day when I don't have much or maybe nothing on my calendar, but that doesn't that it's not a it's not a major life goal. and so I would ask myself, you know why don't people just leave me alone um, so that I can be at peace and this sort of um Seeking after peace that was so elusive in the face of a world that was moving way too fast is what drove my sense of, uh, you know, why is all this stuff happening to me? Why do I have to deal with this? This is so confusing and, um, and very uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I went through several periods of um, not using and drinking I'm not going to call them sobriety because I have a different definition of that today. Um, I will call them dry periods. And I went through several periods of that when I was trying to get a handle on my life, on this confusion and this discouragement and this this um, discomfort that I was living in. But I found that, um, I still had a ton of discomfort going on. And so I believed then, well, I stopped doing the alcohol. I stopped doing the pills and I've still got all these problems. So that can't be the, you know, what uh-huh. was causing it. <laughs> yeah. But yet when I got to the 12 step program, they described it perfectly. And, and it talks about unmanageability and it talks about it after we're clean and sober. And it mm-hmm. says, We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. That describes me to a T. I had done everything I could do, everything within my power, all the scheming, all the manipulating, all of the trying, all of the one more college try to no avail. I could not make my life work.
2: And that can happen when we're months or even years clean and sober. Absolutely. Or at least dry or at least on the pathway.
1: Yes. (laughs) So the
2: confusion and dismay, uh, of course, does not only show up during the time when we're in active addiction. It it can absolutely show up in different ways, continue, or maybe show up in new ways, even in early recovery, even years in.
1: Oh, I think that's a good point because... um, For me, that's a whole laundry list of where is my life unmanageable, and when my life is unmanageable, it's because I am trying to control something I have no power over, and then the idea of having power over something is a spiritual idea. It's not necessarily just a a physical material idea, and I didn't get that, and so I'm trying to control all of these things by the manipulating and scheming and, and doing and having no success.
2: Yes, this seems like uh, an experience and a, and a challenge that uh, runs wide and deep. I know it has in, in my experience. And uh, so of course in recovery, we like to uh, share what our challenge is, but then we also like to move into the solution. So now that we know, about the challenge of of living this kind of seemingly endless life of confusion and dismay and maybe asking, why has this happened to me? Why can't people just leave me alone? Uh, what is the solution?
1: Well, in Unity, we affirm that we have the power to perceive the world in a different way through a God-colored lens, if you want to think of it that way. And what we're talking about is understanding the world in a different way than we have been. And and the power of understanding is one of Unity's 12 powers.
2: Yeah, Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore defined these 12 attributes or skills that we all have. And he called these things, quote, the 12 powers. And each of them can function for us as a spiritual tool in recovery to help us change our lives for the better.
1: (sighs) And so this power that can help us with this confusion and disarray in our life and the feelings of dismay and discouragement, the why does everything have to happen to me kind of thing, is the power of understanding. And it's a spiritual power of understanding. We have a ton of intellectual understanding. Logic, it talks about that in the literature. It says logic is great stuff. We love it. But that didn't solve our problem.
2: Yes, and I'm glad that you said that, uh, because this particular power of understanding, I, I believe that for those of us in recovery, there is a certain aspect of it that's prime, you know, of prime importance, and that is what we call spiritual understanding. So as we talk about understanding today, I know in my mind I'm focusing on the spiritual understanding aspect of it, because understanding being defined as the ability to know perceive, comprehend, apprehend, you know, to kind of get it, to to be able to see beyond appearances into reality um, can function on many levels, but the the piece of it that is most helpful to me in my recovery and in my spiritual growth is spiritual understanding.
1: Yes, and that's that's that piece that comes from our connection. It comes from that uh, small still voice within or the divine presence, if you will. Um, and it is the um, the big book talks about the hunch that becomes a working part of the mind.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we talk about intuition. And I know early on, I had none of that. I had fear and fear told me what was going on around me. That was not the same thing as intuition.
2: Yeah, fear can, uh, in my experience, definitely drown out easily drown out um, any sense of what we might um, call that still small voice, you know, drawing from the from the Hebrew Bible there, uh, and, uh, you know, effectively leave not a lot of option for a spiritual understanding. If I am uh, primarily driven by or sitting in a place of fear, um, that has very effectively prevented me from accessing that. Um, You know, that presence of the divine within, if you will, that Christ consciousness or that uh, living Christ presence, we might say.
1: And, you know, I was I was resistant to that in the beginning. But then somebody pointed out to me in the book that it says in one place, it says deep within deep within every man, woman and child is a fundamental idea of God. I'm going, oh, within, because I'm looking to everything outside of me to solve this problem that I have or any of my life problems. And then later on in the book, it says, and it's one of my favorite lines, it says, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Well, I was trying intellectual solutions. I was trying powerful uh, (laughs) outside solutions, you know, enlist the right people to help me with this, that type of thing. But spiritual principles and of course, understanding is one of those spiritual principles um you know the the ability to connect ideas in a different way to understand uh and 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 here's some examples of that I did not understand when somebody said, "Just hang on, you can do it and then the next breath they would say, "Oh, you gotta let go and let go <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of those kind of sayings yeah. that come up um and, and all I was tr- trying to do was not repeat the same things I'd been doing before. Because you can do all the same stuff, clean and dry, that you can do when you're
2: out there. Yes. What do you mean like the same activities in your day, going to work, making some food?
1: Well, you can do all of that, but you can also, um, you can also be driven by the same restless, irritable, and discontent uh. to... To solve your problem only now guess what what you used before is not an option yes. so you're looking for something else
2: i see what you mean so all, all of the drivers are still there we've just stopped using that particular solution that yes. doesn't work anymore yet we don't have anything new yet that does work so we're right. in that kind of intermediate step you know as we talk about this uh, i remember it coming up well you know aren't we talking about wisdom With this and and know, uh, and here's something that helped me, wisdom, the power of wisdom knows, but the power of understanding knows why. Understanding understands the mechanism in it. You know, wisdom is just that kind of gut instinct, inner knowing, but spiritual understanding, uh, it comes from that divine presence within, and it helps us to understand, at, at least in my way of seeing, the mechanism. Of of how living a what I call a God centered life uh, works, you know how how that works. I don't want to say how it works exactly because I'll never claim to know exactly how it works. But at least to get how the principles work with one another, how my actions affect outcomes as they interact with the divinity within me and in the world and and in other people, for example.
1: Yeah, I had to start from the outside. I couldn't get it just by going, oh, pick up the kit of spiritual tools and let's go. You know, I didn't understand what that meant. And I could pray, but the way I prayed at that point in time, uh, it was supplication. It was not, you know, anything else. And so what I had to do was I started doing the things that people told, stick with the winners. These people's lives are working. They, they talk about in the meetings, they talk about how their lives were, just as much a mess as mine was. They still had the same financial problems. They had the relationship problems. They had the job problems, et cetera, et cetera. But yet their life is straightened out. What did they do? And so hanging out with people whose lives are working for them, I think was a big piece of that. Uh, and another thing was then to have them explain to me these things about what does let go and let God versus hang on till the miracle happens mean? And, and how do I know when to apply which one to, to this particular problem? Um, You know, because I think that our our poor choices, my poor choices were from a lack of spiritual and let me just say metaphysical understanding of the principles. And so I started with, for example, the, the spiritual principle, the first step is said to be honesty. I pounded that one to death, you know, okay, I want to say this. No, that's not honest. I can't say it that way. How can I say this? I'll better not say it at all, you know, and then make my words and actions match and then make my motives and my words and actions match and then make my motives, words and actions and belief systems match. Well, I'm still working on that because those are buried. Those are, those come from acculturation. But when I, when I have a problem in my life, it's in one of those layers that I have not gotten the spiritual understanding about. I don't, I don't have a clue yet, and I have to work through them with which whatever with whatever principle I'm looking at at that point in time.
2: Yeah, and it, it sounds like, and in, in, uh, I can see this, and I feel like I've experienced this, that if I um, approach any of these tools or practices that we have in uh, living a life of recovery, literally – then I'll get something out of it, but I'm going to be missing a whole lot. In fact, I would claim I'm going to be missing the core of it, the essence, the, the, the source of that uh, power or that ability to transform our lives is not in a literal understanding of something like, using your example, of honesty. You know, there's a sort of superficial honesty, like, I'm not going to say anything that's not true, but I might be living something that's not true and really be unaware of it. And fortunately, um, we know that we all, all people, have the capacity for spiritual understanding, even if it's not very well developed in us. And we can pick it up from others slowly uh, if I can uh, say the phrase osmosis, which I always love, you know, keep coming back, put your butt in the chair, and you will absorb this slowly over time via a mechanism that you know I am largely unaware of. So it's a variation of osmosis, and so it takes work to develop it. But the truth is, the capacity for it is present. I don't have to go. Find the capacity that I don't have to, you know, take a class or get a certificate or change who I am in order to be able to understand and to have this kind of spiritual understanding um, become a reality in my life. I think that was very important to me as I moved through that phase of like, what are you people talking about? Uh, This makes no sense at all. Uh, You know, and then for me, on the other side of that was. But uh, you know, you guys seem to be on to something here. Let me come back again tomorrow. That's about as far as I could get, and and eventually that worked as uh, as my eyes opened. You know, it
1: it talks in the literature about um, about this. It talks about how our conscience begins to wake up, and it talks about how the hunch becomes a working part of the mind. Uh, And it talks about how we can start to intuit rather than uh, um, figure out these things in our lives. And so, and and it talks about it only after step 10 in the 12 step process. It doesn't happen the day after you walk in the door. Right. You know, and I remember agonizing over, you know, I was told to stay clean and sober and have a decent life. I have to have a spiritual experience. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what is that? And, and there's uh, the appendix in the book and all of this that talks about all these kind of things. But I have come to believe that a spiritual experience is the awakening of understanding, of the spiritual understanding, of the spiritual basis for life, this metaphysical um, aspect that underlies all of what we think and
2: do. Yes, the light goes on, so to speak. I saw the light. <laughs> that begins to make sense in, in light of the experience you're sharing. Yeah.
0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
3: Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here is a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991.
1: Now, basically, one wonderful thing about The Prosperous Truth is this. Whatever you need next most in your life, whatever you need next most in your life begins to come to you when you study the prosperous truth because the word prosper means wholeness. Therefore, when you study the prosperous truth, it becomes a very soul-satisfying process because it reaches you wherever you are at your level of growth and understanding and gives you what you
3: need at that point. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org.
0: Follow Unity Online Radio on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with all your favorite shows. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our post. Be the first to find out about any big special guests that might be appearing on the air or any events at Unity Village. We want to hear from you. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. Thanks for listening.
3: Take some time to relax and tune into spirit with Reverend Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central, join Paulette for a soul-stirring meditation that will leave you energized and inspired. Tune in and connect with listeners around the world in affirmative prayer. Not your everyday radio show. Touching the Stillness will help you bring new meaning and clarity to your life. Find Paulette on Facebook and listen each week right here at Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment.
0: 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Lonnie Vanderslice and Rev. Dan Beckett.
1: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice and here with me is Reverend Dan Beckett. We're going to resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to let you know that we're opening the lines for callers. So if you have a question or comment to share, please give us a call at 816-251-3555. Again, the number is 816-251-3555. So prior to the break... We were discussing this confusion and disarray and dismay and general discomfort that we lived in when we function only on intellectual understanding and how it shows up sometimes in our lives like Murphy's Law with why does everything have to happen to me? And we know that the solution is understanding, but it's spiritual understanding. And so how can we exactly use understanding to come back or to achieve a deep sense of peace in our lives, how do we do this, Dan?
2: That is a good question. <laughs> I I am going to go back to that phrase uh, that I love: God-colored lenses. You know, we we see the world through God-colored lenses. That that, of course, comes from that phrase: rose-colored glasses. Meaning that, you know, if I'm wearing rose-colored glasses, everything is great, I only see the good, and, uh, you know, that's part of what's going on, but there's more going on than that. But if I can view the world through God-colored glasses or God-colored lenses, I believe that that is how um, that power of understanding that we all have, specifically spiritual understanding, can begin to help us get a sense of order uh, in the world that underlies all things, so for me, what that means is, uh, if something challenging happened, I can see that it's more than just a hassle that I have to deal with, right? I can look at it at a deeper level than simply literally, or, or you know, wh- what is its impact on my life um, superficially? You know, how, how much time is it going to take? Is it going to cost me any money? All those kinds of things, and instead. I can, in addition to that, I shouldn't say instead, in addition to that, I can see it as an opportunity to learn something valuable. So for example, uh, I think I'd mentioned before that there was a point in time when I let my car's uh, license plate tags expire, which is pretty easy to do if you put things off or don't pay attention or only deal with, you know, the red hot issues and letting other things slide. And so in order to not repeat that, uh, to avoid having that expir- expired task thing again, you know, that requires a certain degree of order in my life. And so it was that spiritual understanding that helped me connect oh, when things are falling between the cracks, when things aren't getting done, uh, when important things all of a sudden I realize, oh my gosh, I didn't do that, um, I need some kind of order in my life in order for that not to happen. And then along with that, when I apply the power of order to something simple like, okay, I'm going to keep up with my, um, you know, my, the validation on my license tags, that same sense of order I find applies in so many other places in my life. And so it was that spiritual understanding that helped me see the connection between Hey, I better keep track of things if I want to avoid these kinds of problems uh, that allowed me to turn what would only have been a hassle uh, before into an opportunity for growth. Now, of course, a lot of that comes in hindsight, right? I don't always know in the moment, like, wow, what a wonderful growth opportunity this is. <laughs> but it doesn't take long, you know, to see that uh that spiritual understanding in me that helped me connect those things is going to continue to be helpful in so many different ways in my life, other than the very thing that kind of got my attention.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because none of these um, none of these powers, these so-called powers or attributes or abilities that we have, work in isolation. And um, they say that the power of order is the first law of the universe. You know, I mean, you just watch the seasons. They always cycle in a particular order. It always happens that way. So there's a growth pattern and all kinds of things in nature. And I was told uh, when I hit the doors of the program, first things first. Well, I didn't know what was first, (laughs) you know, and and that was one of those things that didn't make make sense to me. Um, I was in a panic about relationships gone south. I was in a panic about not being able to pay my bills. And it seemed to me that the first thing to do was go find a job and and get another relationship. I did not have the understanding that that was not the root of the problem. Yes, I had need of things, but that was not the root of the problem. Because um, to your point about getting things in the proper order and then connecting the dots, I was told that you do something on this hand, and over here on the other hand, something else happens. And for a long time, you are not going to see the connection mm. between the two. And this this uh, old guy in the in the hall said that over and over and over. You'll do this over here, and this over here happens. And and it kind of tied into the, the um, pay it forward, because I was a scorekeeper. You did something for me, then I had to do something for you you know, and I was busy keeping score on everything in my life. And when somebody introduced the concept of paying it forward to me, I got a new understanding about how this works. I don't have to keep score. I just pay it forward and let the universe take care of it. And then I didn't understand that that was allowing the flow to happen because I quit stopping the flow by passing about ball back to to you, you know, I, I passed it on to somebody else who passed it on to somebody else. And so it it started this metaphysical flow if you will and things in my life started changing
2: yeah i can see that um uh, maybe said another way i want to make sure i get that is that if i am like you described if i am the one keeping score then i'm imposing the structure uh, and the cause and effect is very limited only to what i can conceive of and what's important to me and i'm basically shutting out shutting god out of the process shutting out that natural flow of abundance and balance rather than uh, as you described letting it uh, take hold on its own. And I love what you were saying about first things first cuz I got this clear uh, sense of if if I look at that statement first things first in a superficial or literal way just like you said so I'm wondering so what comes first? You know, do I do I uh, get a different job or you know, should I move or, um, you know, should I read this book or, or should I talk to that person? And it's all very confusing when I see it that way. But when I can look at it through those God-colored glasses and, and apply some, some degree, even a small amount of spiritual understanding to it, what I realize is that first things first for me now means pay attention to the order Of things. Pay attention to the question, what comes next? It doesn't mean leap to a conclusion of this comes next, but stay open to the truth that the world is in flux and my life is part of a flow and it never ceases and it has patterns. And if I'm asking myself, okay, remember first things first, I got to keep first things first, what might those things be? You know, asking those questions and just staying open. In that question, that for me is how I apply spiritual understanding to that phrase. You know, rather than jumping to a particular concrete answer, um, just recognizing the spiritual truth that underlies that question and staying in that piece of it is what works for me.
1: I think that's a really good observation. Um, you know, I had forgotten about how rigid my thinking was—my black and white thinking, uh, either or you know this or that no gray area in between and of course we know that that's where life happens and that's where god operates is in this gray space between the definitive this and that and so um for me the first thing's first i my i had a prayer that went with that and the prayer went okay god now what you know and and i would walk around the house and say that because i'm going I don't know. And then my sponsor said, well, you do what's in front of you. And I'm go, oh, well, I'm standing in front of the sink and guess what? The dishes are piled up. I guess that's what's next. But, uh, you know, on a on a less literal um, note. The next thing that worked for me after that was the next right thing. What is the next right thing? There's lots of next things that I can do. But what is the next right thing? And for me, that translates somewhat to what we were talking about earlier in spiritual principles. What is the next thing that is in alignment with the spiritual principles that I'm trying to live by? That's what my next thing to do is.
2: Yeah, I like that. Uh, And I've had that same experience of um, slowly learning how to discern what is the next right thing to do. Who? You know, I, I take up the concept of service to others being just a central, critically important piece of life. And certainly it shows up in our uh, recovery and 12-step programs and And asking, so what does that mean? You know, serve who? I remember thinking things like, you know, God, I wish I could uh, get away from all these yahoos in my home group so I could find some people to serve. Uh, and it, duh. Duh. Like you said, right who's right in front of you those are the people to serve right in front of you. you don't have to you know figure out okay now I'm going to write a book and maybe I could get on Oprah and then I could serve people no I can serve people right here right now, even by simply listening to what they have to say without judgment
1: I think that that's a uh, that's a a, a big tall order because we come in with these grandiose ideas about what this means we're going to turn our life around and uh, we're going to master all of these things then we're going to go out and do great things and I think that while all of that is possible it takes some time (laughs) for those for those to unfold and I think that one of the things another thing that helped me a lot was a sponsor that told me okay if you can't look through god-colored glasses look through look for the good you know, look she, first she said look for God and I couldn't figure out where that was. And then she said look for the good. Any time you see good, your definition of good happening in the world, God is present somewhere in that. And that got me started on a path where instead of being like you were saying earlier in judgment about what's next or or who should I serve or or what's going on here, it was, oh, where is God in this? Where is God in this? Which started me on another path of looking for the spiritual principle at work underneath, which I think helped connect the dots. Uh, And service did that as well. As a person that struggles with codependency, I had to finally learn the difference between helping somebody because I felt helpless and helping somebody because they asked or needed help. That's a motive issue.
2: Yeah, that uh, healthy expression of uh, help or service, uh, I, I can I can hear that it is in play there, and and like you just said, it it it's all about where is it coming from, right? I, I I love that question. Where is God in this? I think that that right there is a spiritual growth program. If that's the only thing I ever did was to look for the good in each and everything, focus on it, try to find it, make a game out of it, get good at finding the good in each and everything, that that, that alone uh, would open so many doors uh, for me in, in spiritual growth and understanding and bring a tremendous amount of peace in my life, like we talked about, um, you know, reducing that confusion and dismay, Uh, You know, where is the good in this? And I remember one way that that was expressed that was so helpful to me somewhere along the way is that somebody said, I cannot affirm that everything is good, but I can affirm that there is good in everything. And that distinction kind of helped me get over the hump. Like, you know, you're talking about, what are you talking about looking at the good? Have you watched the news? How can you even say, you know, that you can go out and find the good in life? Look at all these horrible things happening. It's like, well, yeah, those things are happening. And I and I don't deny that. But if if that's what's in front of me, I can also look for where is the good in that? Where, where are the helpers? What is What are the positive things that can come out of this? If this is what's happening right now, uh, where is the good in it? I would never wish that to happen or cause that to happen. but if it is happening, where is the good in it?
1: Well, and I think when we're asked to do our inventories and such in in a program, whether it's a a, a spiritual gifts program or whether it's a twelve step program or whatever, and we do our inventories and we start looking at ourselves. and um, you know most of or many of the challenges i'll call them that Um, they call them character defects and other things depending on the program you're in um, that come up they are a a misuse or a misunderstood use of one of the 12 powers that we have and the good in it is the fact that we're trying and the better in it is that we can change our ideas you know it talks about changing ideas emotions and attitudes being a part of the the uh, spiritual growth path a part of the awakening and I don't think our ideas about things change until we have some glimmer of this spiritual understanding, and we start listening to our intuition,
2: yeah. and uh, and I think that that is a great uh, illustration or statement of what we shared uh, saying that you know this this spiritual aspect of understanding, the spiritual understanding, is what helps us get. You know, I get it. I can see how these things are connected. Uh, between the different powers. Like I used that example that if I, if I want to avoid uh, my license plates expiring, I need some sense of order in my life so that I can be aware when it's coming up. I can make a decision. Okay, when do I have to go to the place? What do, documentation do I need? I need some kind of order in there. And it's spiritual understanding that helps me see that, that that, that will help. And then once I do it in that one place, to see the way that just even a little bit of improvement, uh, even in my willingness to apply a sense of order to my life, starts to improve so many other areas. It, it's They're all connected. And spiritual understanding, I think, can help us see those connections. Like you said, when I do something over here on the right hand and then later something's going to happen on the left hand, even if I don't get how to... You know what's the cause here and and effect? How does this relationship work? Uh, That will come over time with spiritual understanding.
1: You know, and I think that brings up the uh, paradoxes. They talk about about uh, paradoxes a lot, and those are defined as statements that appear to be false or a statement which is self-contradictory, but with spiritual understanding, you can see the truth of, and and some of those examples are things like you have to give up to win. What does that mean? You know, yeah. we're, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't ever give up. We're taught to fight and we fought a losing battle. So what do we what do we have to do? We have to yeah. give up to win. We have to surrender, you know, surrender to win, but that doesn't make sense. Not to yes. our way of thinking in the material world.
2: It doesn't but, you know, I, um, I've, I have had a relationship with all manner of tobacco products for a, a big part of my life. And, of course, one of the jokes there is uh, if if I want to rationalize why I don't quit smoking, I, I'm not a quitter. You know, I'm not going to quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who wants to be a quitter? That, that, that's for people who can't handle it. Right, right. And other silly things like that. But that's a, you know, a silly way to point at the truth of exactly what you're saying is, what do you mean I have to give up? To win no I don't want to surrender that means losing right I, I I don't want to lose I want to win which means I got to try harder push harder fight harder give up no that seems contrary
1: yes which is why it's a paradox and the I in that statement I have to is where the problem lies for me and it took me a long time to get the spiritual understanding of that that I don't have to fight this battle I surrender so that spiritual principles, And God, as God expresses through the people around me, can help me with this battle. You know, and another one of those is you have to give it away to keep it. Yeah. Does that make sense?
2: (laughs) It does. You know, and and I was just thinking uh, about the give up to win that that I have to get out of my own way, is how I've heard that described. It's it's that all my efforts, my way of approaching things uh, is actually preventing. My life from getting better not somehow leading to it to it getting better and once we learn that say that uh, then then what you just said give it away in order to keep it now and because of course uh, the, the the paradox is the part of it that doesn't make sense when you look at it literally uh, is well if I want to if I want to have something, I better hang on to it. Cause if I give it away, then I won't have it anymore. But of course, uh, when we apply spiritual understanding to that, uh, we realize that, you know, things like um, abundance, uh, love are infinite. They cannot be depleted. There is no such thing as not having it or having it be gone or go away. And by, Giving that away, giving away, say, loving attention. I'll use my example again. If I can listen to what someone is saying without judgment and to be fully present to them, I am giving away my attention. I'm giving away my time, but I am getting so much more back from that. It's such a profound experience that um, it's hard to describe. So, when we, when I know that when I can look at it through a spiritual understanding, it all of a sudden makes sense. Of course, I have to give away my sobriety. I have to give away uh, my love and attention uh, because that's what, uh, in a kind of a cosmic feedback cycle, if you will, uh, allows it to grow. And I actually end up with more. Isn't that weird? I give it away and I end up with more. Wow.
1: That's a flow of abundance.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like uh, sunshine. There's enough sunshine for everybody. It's not depleted because I'm standing in it.
2: (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. I love that. Or or I love when it's a cloudy day and someone says, oh, the sun's not shining today. And the sun's like, what? You know, hello. (laughs) Here I am. This is what I do. This is all that I do. All the sun does is shine. The sun is shining. And yes, it's cloudy.
1: Yes. So another one of those that baffled me is that we have to suffer to get well. And I I uh, understood the suffering part very well <laughs> because I lived in that. And I think for a while um, it fed an idea that the suffering was good because through it I was going to get well. And that's kind of a, a twisted take on that. But what I came to understand is that I was suffering because of my attachment to old ways of thinking. And that's that phrase that I love so much that says some of us had old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. That's what was causing my suffering was the attachment to the old idea. And to get well, I had to change the idea before I could change the behavior.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like... um... I remember the experience of, you know, if, if I'm really times where I've been sick, physically sick, like, you know, feeling really nauseous and awful and headachy and, oh man, everything's terrible. And then if I actually, uh, you know, throw up, which you think, why would I want to do that? That seems like the worst next step. It doesn't make any sense. But as soon as I get it out of me, all of a sudden, everything changes. And I feel remarkably better seemingly moments later, because like you're saying, the problem is what I'm carrying around. And when I can drop it, then I can get better. And dropping it often brings with it, um, you know, it, it takes effort, it's unpleasant, you would not want to do it given the choice. But when you do it, when you're willing to or or when it happens, you know, when the universe wills it on you, um, that suffering leads very quickly to a tremendous sense of release and relief
1: you know and that kind of is similar to the other paradox that they talk about which is we have to die to live
2: yeah we could go on about that for, uh, you know for easily for an hour that is a core concept in in the Christian narrative and in many other places in in the world and spiritual life that shows up that we have to let go of old ways, right? Does our literature not say uh, we have to let go of old ways of being? And and I add to allow new ways of being to come into play. So
1: considering all of this, exactly what kind of steps can we take?
2: Yes. So we must, of course, move into action uh, we know this from our 12-step, and Unity's fifth principle states, it's not enough to know these truths, we must live them. Uh, that means we each have to take action in order to grow in recovery. So here is something that you can do this week to move from that place of confusion and dismay in, into a place of a deep sense of peace throughout your life using the power of understanding, spiritual understanding.
1: So the first thing would be to think of an area of your life where you'd like to experience more peace. You know, it could be in a relationship or possibly at home or at work, or it could be in your finances, or maybe there's even a health challenge that you'd like to have more peace around.
2: The trick is to pick one thing in order to keep it simple. Pick one thing from whatever comes up for you and take that thing into a quiet time of prayer and meditation. We simply relax and take it easy. There's no need to struggle. We don't have to fix it. So for an example here today, let's use, quote, messy finances. I know I've had messy finances as an example of something I want more peace around.
1: So the way that we do this in unity is we use first a denial, which is a statement of power that denies power to the current state of whatever the problem is. And so in this case, we would deny power to the current state of the finances. You'd say something like, worrying about money has no power over me, and repeat it a few times, either out loud or just in your head, and say it with conviction. Worry about money has no power over me.
2: And then you would follow that up immediately with a bold and positive affirmation of a new experience, and this is based, of course, on our spiritual understanding. So you could say, I allow God's abundance to flow through me right now. And then we take
1: just a few minutes to relax and take it easy. You give thanks for your new experience in the world and move on with your day. We don't, we don't stay stuck on that.
2: The worry about money has no power over me. I allow God's abundance to flow through me now.
1: So we've uh, come to the end of our time together here today, and we hope that you found something to help you on your path, and we both bless you on your journey. Thank you to our listeners and to our callers. And thank you so much, Dan, for being here with the insights that you've shared in our discussion today.
2: It's great to be here. And listeners, if you would like, you can contact us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, and give us your thoughts and feedback. We invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Until then, have a
1: wonderful week.